Book Second, Chapter Two of The Hunchback of Notre Dame by Victor Hugo. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Two, Chapter Two The Place de Greve. There remains today but a very imperceptible vestige of the Place de Greve, such as it existed then. It consists in the charming little turret which occupies the angle north of the Place and which already enshrouded in the ignoble plaster which fills with paste the delicate lines of its sculpture, would soon have disappeared, perhaps submerged by that flood of new houses which so rapidly devours all the ancient façades of Paris. The persons, who, like ourselves, never crossed the Place de Greve without casting a glance of pity and sympathy on that poor turret, strangled between two hovels of the time of Louis the Fifteenth can easily reconstruct in their minds the aggregate of edifices to which it belonged, and find again entire in it the ancient Gothic place of the fifteenth century. It was then, as it is to-day, an irregular trapezoid, bordered on one side by the quay and on the other three by a series of lofty, narrow, and gloomy houses. By day one could admire the variety of its edifices all sculptured in stone or wood, and already presenting complete specimens of the different domestic architectures of the Middle Ages, running back from the fifteenth to the eleventh century, from the casement which had begun to dethrone the arch, to the Roman semicircle which had been supplanted by the ogive, and which still occupies below it the first story of that ancient house de la Tour Roland, at the corner of the Place upon the Seine on the side of the street with the tannery. At night one could distinguish nothing of all that mass of buildings, except the black indentation of the roofs, unrolling their chain of acute angles round the place. For one of the radical differences between the cities of that time and the cities of the present day lay in the façades which looked upon the places and streets, and which were then gables. For the last two centuries the houses have been turned round. In the centre of the eastern side of the place rose a heavy and hybrid construction, formed of three buildings placed in juxtaposition. It was called by three names which explain its history, its destination, and its architecture. The House of the Dauphin, because Charles V, when Dauphin, had inhabited it. The Merchandise because it had served as town-hall, and the pilloried house, Domus ad Pilaria, because of a series of large pillars which sustained the three stories. The city found there all that is required for a city like Paris, a chapel in which to pray to God, a pladoyer or pleading-room in which to hold hearings, and to repel at need the king's people, and under the roof an arsenac full of artillery. For the bourgeois of Paris were aware that it is not sufficient to pray in every conjuncture, and to plead for the franchises of the city, and they had always in reserve, in the garret of the town hall, a few good, rusty arquebuses. The Greve had then that sinister aspect which it preserves to-day, from the execrable ideas which it awakens, and from the sombre town hall of Dominique Bocador which has replaced the pillared house. 
It must be admitted that a permanent gibbet and a pillory, a justice and a ladder, as they were called in that day, erected side by side in the center of the pavement, contributed not a little to cause eyes to be turned away from that fatal place, where so many beings full of life and health have agonized. Here, fifty years later, that fever of saint Vallier was destined to have its birth, that terror of the scaffold, the most monstrous of all maladies, because it comes not from God, but from man. It is a consoling idea, let us remark in passing, to think that the death penalty, which, three hundred years ago, still encumbered with its iron wheels, its stone gibbets, and all its paraphernalia of torture, permanent and riveted to the pavement, the greve, the hall, the place dauphine, the cross du travois, the marche au parceau, that hideous Montfaucon, the barrier des sergents, the place aux chattes, the porte Saint-Denis, Champeau, the porte Baudet, the porte Saint-Jacques, without reckoning the innumerable ladders of the provosts, the bishop of the chapters, of the abbots, of the priors, who had the decree of life and death, without reckoning the judicial drownings in the river Seine. It is consoling to-day, after having lost successively all the pieces of its armour, its luxury of torment, its penalty of imagination and fancy, its torture, for which it reconstructed every five years a leather bed at the Grand Châtelet, that ancient suzerain of feudal society almost expunged from our laws and our cities, hunted from code to code, chased from place to place, has no longer, in our immense Paris, any more than a dishonoured corner of the greve, than a miserable guillotine, furtive, uneasy, shameful, which seems always afraid of being caught in the act, so quickly does it disappear after having dealt its blow. End of chapter 2